going on, folks? You're listening to Darba's Family Crest with Derek and Jeremy. Uh, what are we getting into tonight, brother? Oh, my God. I feel old. I feel so old this week. Um, I was just, I just was on a rage against the machine, like a uh, deep dive on YouTube. I started with the freedom song, which was like the first music video that ever resonated with me. And then it uh, showed me the Woodstock 99 version of the song. And I saw that it was July 24 of 99. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, that's today. That was the day I was looking at it. It was exactly 20 years since Woodstock 99. And that makes me feel like an old ass man. Uh, well, I mean, you know, I'm right there with you considering I'm fucking older than you. So, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, the, you picked an interesting band to start with there. I mean, I, God knows that that, that lineup wasn't lacking. Um, you know, they... And actually, if you want to look at it, um, you know, I'm sure we'll get into it. But, um, you know, the band actually made a little bit of controversy because uh, during their uh, performance um, of Killing in the Name of, they actually they they set an upside down American flag on fire and caught a bunch of flack for that. Yeah. Uh, as you would. Of course you would. Yeah. But, um, you know. I, I don't I sort of fault um, MTV with this with this push um, because I understand doing 94 94 is is tw- you know 25 years it's a it's a much more significant period of time yeah you know 30 why do you do 30 years yeah. I just I mean is there a significant I mean I didn't I didn't give a fuck about turning 30 I mean. No. I think the only people that care about turning 30 are boxers because they've lived that long. Yeah, and they've got 20 years of brain damage from it. But <laughs> and, you know, and minimum, I, football players too, maybe. I mean, I guess because again, they're they're battling post concussion syndrome and the and early onset CTE. But um, as as I'm sure we've covered before, uh, we do literally no sports on this on this podcast. So um, we're uh, we're walking a barbed wire here at this point, but um, you know, it, it just seemed like it was destined to be the apocalyptic clusterfuck it became from word go. I mean, like we're talking 1999. If I go to a concert today, I'm pissed off that I'm pan- paying five or six bucks for a bottle of water. But that's 20 years past this. It was five dollars for a bottle of water, ten dollars for a slice of pizza, and they've basically locked you in a compound for three years, so you're dead to rights. I'm gonna need water in the July heat, you know. Yeah. So of course people are gonna eventually fucking have enough. Well, and you know, those are understandably valid points, um, and I sort of feel like you, you ever get the feeling? I mean, because they moved the they moved the show too. The show wasn't in the same location that 94 was they moved it 160 miles away to rome new york yeah and uh it's basically uh, rome the 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 area is basically it's an overgrown airfield and you know what do airfields have in common with uh i don't know uh tennis courts and roller rinks there's no trees or shade around yep so these people were getting there was there was rampant heat stroke going on at that point. July in 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 New York, I don't care if it was 20 years ago when we had more ozone. It's fucking hot. Yeah. I mean, this is the Northeast we're talking about. I mean, that's probably you're probably looking at like like high 60s, early or uh, low 70s humidity too. So I mean, what's the heat index at that point? Oh, you yeah. know, too much, too much, yeah, especially I mean, with what was it, quarter million or half a million people there? It was fucking ridiculous yeah i they have they have there's varying totals i i the the most consistent number i've seen is four hundred thousand people that's um, a lot of people especially when you yeah. consider today's venues are like 20k yeah you know? and and you know you mentioned the lineup and that kind of thing you know george clinton played three out of the four of the days including thursday like, i didn't know was, that that's cool yeah, I mean, yeah, he, George Clinton and the P-Funk All-Stars played played three out of the four days, including the closing day. I think they took a day off in the middle, but they damn sure were playing Saturday and Sunday. There was no doubt about that. Yeah. 
But I mean, you know, just I, I, these are I mean, I'm going to be leaving out probably, you know, a, a dozen, uh, you know, not just Grammy Award winning, but fucking like like millions and millions of times platinum over performers here. But you got George Clinton, The Roots, ICP, Live, DMX, Bush, Buck Cherry. How did Buck Cherry make this list? Yeah, um, I, know. I was thinking that ch- earlier. Sorry. Yeah, that's I, I'm sorry, <laughs> listeners. Um, uh, Cheryl Crow, Limp Biscuit, Corn, The Offspring, James Brown was there. God, God rest his soul. I'm sure he. Jamiroquai was there. Yeah, Jamiroquai was there. I, I don't. I, I'm, I'm sure he was uh, doing a lovely rendition of Virtual Insanity on that fucking hot tarmac. Oh yeah. Um, you know, Moby, D- Dave Matthews Band, Metallica, Wyclef, Kid Rock. Um, fucking the chili peppers uh i mean i i'm i'm leaving people off that you know again that have that have sold millions of records you know i don't have millions of hair on my face and i got a full beard yeah. you know it, it it's un it's un it's un it's unwielding how i mean and again everybody's gonna talk about how this particular venue was a was a largely it was a miscarriage of basic justices that yeah. humanity um is is supposed to be afforded um my friend you know, Billy but, was there. He said he was 17, and the uh, it was ridiculous, just the raw shit rolling around on the ground and stuff because they were overflowing porta potties, and there wasn't the people there to be cleaning them up, and it was just fucking not well accounted for. You know what I mean? Absolutely, yeah. The I mean the greed of of the uh, of the draw, um, you know it it uh, it didn't. I mean, it left the the entire landscape ill prepared for what it eventually was going to be. I mean, I mean, it's 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 a mess. I mean, it's a it's a literal shitstorm. Oh, yeah. um, you know, and you know, I, I wish it was just. I wish I could just blame the heat. It's really just not the heat, though. You already brought up the porta potties and stuff like that. I read somewhere that there was a two and a half mile walk between the east stage and the west stage. Now Sweet. imagine, imagine if you wanted, if you had a fucking guide, and you were like, "All right, it's two in the afternoon. I want to go see, um, I want to go see Dave play yeah. on the east stage." And then, oh shit, man, oh, that sucks, man. Man, Moby wants to. Moby's playing on the West stage at like three forty, but Dave's going to be like, Dave's going to run long and man, there's all this fucking mud because, uh, some assholes that were lined up, um, at the free water fountains decided to bust the water main so they could get free water, um, yeah. yep. back in the line, um, which created fucking mud pits and slides and fucking again, the, the, the shit storm, um, that would ensue. And, you know, meanwhile, again, fucking Fred Durst is on stage fucking taunting people. Um, well, you know, what was he telling them to tear apart? I mean, I know I just recently watched it, so I knew what the fuck I was talking about. But they had uh, entire sheets of plywood that they were surfing the crowd with and everything. They were tearing apart like a, a fire stage or something. I don't know what it was, but it was I, I, I think it was a, it was some sort of like a, a haphazard makeshift um uh, a barrier wall that was, I guess, uh, supposed to delegate some sort of um, of boundary that didn't exist otherwise in a, a pretty much a free a free range airfield that's been grown over and again now fucking trampled down for you know the better part of two days because I think they went on I think they played once they played Saturday night or Saturday like early evening. Yeah. Um, Apparently, what Fred Durst really took exception to was, I guess, they took stage after Alanis Morissette did. And Alanis Morissette was not really chiding people, but he, she was just inc- generally encouraging people to just be careful, think of one another, take care of one another, which I don't know if there's a, 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 a like a tame band in that group. Like, I would imagine, I mean, I, I read some stuff about how uh, Anthony Kiedis um, inc- included some of the stuff that he saw uh, some of the humanity that he saw in his uh, in his uh, book Scar Tissue, yeah. um, which would have been 100% appropriate by that point. Yeah. But um, I guess I guess uh, Fred sort of took it, uh, uh, you know, 
took exception to the fact that he believed that Atlantis Moore said by trying to tell people, look, just be a little careful, a little considerate of our, of, of our, of our people here. Like, like as zapping all of the positive energy in the, in the, in the, uh, in, in the, in the crowd, which is how bonkers. is that? That's, that was his take on that. I mean, how, how could you construe that as that? That's literally the opposite of what, while he's literally song, singing songs about breaking someone's fucking face tonight. And uh, like, uh, yeah, the nineties, man. And it's funny. We look back with our rose tinted glasses of nostalgia, like the nineties were so good, but I think that's a perfect bookend to how much of a clusterfuck the nineties really was. Yeah. You know, because you and I were talking earlier about how, you know, when we were, you know, when we were first exposed to some of this music, that we felt really hard for it because it was just so much different than everything else that we were listening to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I was a Limp Bizkit fan in those days, and looking back now, without those blinders on of my teenage angst and shit, it's embarrassing. It, it's yeah. like. Fred looks like a fucking douchebag the whole time and antagonizing the crowd and stuff. It's it's no wonder it ended up the way it did. And it's a wonder more people didn't die. I just wonder how much his words became catalytic for some of the other stuff that happened. You know, because there's, you know, it, it doesn't, and again, it doesn't stop with like the victimless crimes of, I mean, and I, and I, I use victimless pretty loose there because, you know, truth be told, I mean, <laughs> there was, you know, there were incidences of multiple instances of violence uh, that didn't involve, you know, pieces of plywood. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, I apparently there's eyewitness, te- eyewitness testimony of um, there was a female crowd surfer that that once she she was pulled down into the pit and allegedly gang raped. That wouldn't surprise me because I'm telling you, I watched I watched the whole uh, Rage Against the Machine set and the whole Limp Biscuit set and talk about a dichotomous two those two would be. But um, uh, like I I saw sexual assaults in the crowd within five minutes of watching it. You know, women are taking their shirts off doing the concert thing and people are groping and grabbing and all that shit. And that's just fuck, man. It's it's wild. It, it was a violent and hateful fucking pit. Yeah, I I, I read that um, you know the original like promoters of the original Woodstock didn't even want to when didn't even want to tie the name Woodstock to. I don't blame them. How could you? I mean, whenever you had people, I mean, when you had the original like original performers like Al Green and Jeff Beck cancel, you know, pretty last minute. Um, I, you know, it's, it's, it's odd. I think I, we alluded to it earlier, but, um, yeah, one of the, one of the original promoters, um, actually just attached the name MTV stock to it because it's, it, I mean, the, the, the rend, like what rendered as the, um, you know, the spirit and the aftermath of this, this concert, this festival, um, it, didn't really manage to encapsulate any of the initial, um, you know, positive, warm, warm, uh, warm, uh, fuzzy feelings. Not nah, dude. Know? It was the antithesis of that. I mean, yeah. all you got to do is like YouTube Woodstock 99 aftermath and look at what, I mean, once the fires started and there were the riots weren't letting the fucking, uh, engines in and shit and people were throwing pro propane tanks on the fires and shit, you know, essentially making a makeshift fragmentation grenade. It's time to fucking stop this, you know? Well, did you, um, did you, were you able to find out there? Did you read about how the, um, how the, how some of the initial bonfires actually got started? No, probably red hot chili peppers. If I had to guess, Cavern Hendrix, am I right? Um, uh, well, it, they had, they managed, they happened, um, some of the larger bonfires ended up happening like during that evening. So, I mean, depending on what stage you're talking about, I, I, you're, you're, you're throwing a pretty, a pretty broad net there. So that, that would, that would probably land. Um, I picked up that there was a, uh, an anti-gun movement there. Um, I, I, the, the, the nowadays name, uh, escapes me, but 
but during that time they were known as PAZ, uh, P-A-Z. And, uh, they were, they were handing out, um, I, I don't, I, and again, I don't understand for the life of me, whenever there is copious amounts of overflowing shit, water, and, and I would imagine by that point, natural gas and anger, why yeah. you would give people, um, candles. They gave these people candles <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, that was and well again, thought out. Yeah, with again with these makeshift plywood barriers. I mean, you're basically handling or like you're you're handing, um, you know, a, an angry mob kindling for for a uh, you know for a, a you know for I guess a Joan of Arc style like stampede that would eventually end up happening. Hi, I'm Michael with Farmers Rights. We're handing out free pitchforks today at this uh, concert. We would like to start a lynch mob if we could, and uh, we're giving each of you a free pitchfork. <laughs> we found we, we found that, that our that our African American uh, followers tend to be a little bit faster, and we like to put them up front. Do you have yeah. any of them that we could yeah. we could maybe start with here? What um, the fuck, use your brain, people. I just don't I I don't understand how I mean, and again we. When you when you talk about yeah we talk about the 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 fires becoming um, fragmentation uh, you know mines and like and like yeah you man they're, they're yeah they they become I, I mean it's they at that point you know as as the vendors were trying to pack up I guess a lot of their store their stations ended up getting stormed so you're talking about citizens that have their hands on natural gas and and, uh, mm-hmm. and candles yeah you know. Near porta potties, you know, and which again, they go up pretty quick whenever they're filled with shit and also, overflowing. Obviously, no sense of self-preservation if they're gonna throw propane cylinders on fire. Like, yeah. that that's not well thought out. <laughs> I have well, no preservation skills, and uh, I haven't had water in three days. I've been living on sunlight and alcohol. <laughs> and mind you, the that you know it's. You, when you talk about four days in the sun, and and you've kind of you've kind of went back to like feudal a feudal enterprise by yeah. that. So the haves very very quickly get stormed by the have-nots. Oh yeah. So I and and I, obviously I can't you know you can't vouch for every situation that 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 happens. You know I, this got out of hand too quick really for anyone to assume responsibility that's why there was there was a casualty um that that i that, that i read up I, I read up on i the the, the man's name uh, to um to letter of the law it escapes me i want to say his name is like michael delucia okay he he um uh, during uh, uh he collapsed during a metallica pit and um as you can imagine how bad that probably went um, yeah because I guarantee you they didn't pull him out immediately. Uh, he, um, he was rendered unconscious. Uh, he laid for hours until any type of security personnel uh, showed up. Um, when he got to the hospital, he had his body tip temperature was recorded at 107 Fahrenheit. Jesus Christ. We're talking brain death at that point. He's cooking. He's cooking internally. I, he's, I mean, yeah, yeah. His his egg is 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 over yeah, hard at that point. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, they get him. You know, they get him to a, uh, uh, you know, like they get him to the facility. Um, they make him as comfortable as possible, but he's in a coma, and his his death was ruled accidental. And mind you, he actually because of his. Uh, his his uh, body temperature raising so detrimentally he actually died of hypothermia wow Fuck i mean me. yeah because you can die of hypothermia uh from heat stroke yeah because your your body is doing its best well, to get system back shocks to yeah yeah you go yeah. into system shock your body's trying to overcompensate and wow fog yeah, there was a there's a huge lawsuit that was launched because they basically said that the powers, uh, you know, the lawsuit read that the powers that be uh, did not provide uh, significant. I mean, pick a pick a noun there, significant yeah. anything um, yeah. to ensure the safety of its patrons. 
and they found that uh, the man's condition could have been suffered um, during any sort of outdoor activity event where he was malnourished, dehydrated, and uh, and you know susceptible to long periods of time in the sun. You know, I've often thought, especially post world, where uh, Randy Bly from uh, Lamb of God goes to jail for a year and a half for manslaughter from a guy getting thrown off stage and dying. I'm amazed that we don't live in a world where we have to sign waivers to go into a concert. You're taking your life into your own hands a lot of times. Like the the last wild ass show i went to it was raining for two hours they kept delaying the show it was slayer and lamb of god and when they finally opened it up because it stopped lightning strikes like they weren't going to bring the band on stage with lightning strikes but it's still pouring (laughs) rain and you got a couple thousand people in this parking lot in philadelphia waiting for two of the most metal bands out there like thinking it's not going to go on and shit. The fucking animosity, the pent up frustration and everything in that crowd was fucking insane, dude. I thought I was going to get crushed and I'm six foot four, two eighty. I thought I was going to be crushed when Slayer took the stage because that crowd, it went from, you know, a couple thousand people standing in the parking lot to fucking just waves of people pushing each other around. The fact that I I can't imagine being somebody smaller, you know, and like it's it's crazy. There is an element of preservation, even at a Slayer show that any show I've ever been to, somebody falls immediately. People scramble to pick them up. But all it takes is one person that's too fucked up to do that, and somebody gets crushed, you know? Yeah. Yeah, the, there, there is a... Uh, if I can say that there's one thing that, in my recent trips to shows, the pack mentality uh, when you're close to a pit, um, or you're, again, if you're just pit adjacent, or even if you're pit participating, yeah, um, there, does, there does appear to be uh, a, a much more of a... Um, of a, of a brotherhood, uh, you know, not to be, you know, but there's not a lot of girls in the pit. Um, no. and, and mind you, if, if they're in there, they're kicking ass. So you don't oh, have, certainly. To, you, yeah. don't, you, don't, you don't, you don't owe them any sympathy at that point. They know yeah. where they're at. Um, but what I will say is I do feel, um, as though, you know, we do have this sort of unwritten, advantage with our size and i don't have any frame of reference uh of of really ever being a small i don't remember ever being a small person no man, like, i was this big at 12 years old so i'm I, I just remember being this big you know yeah i'm sort of that way too i think i've i've been i've been i've been pushing six foot since probably sixth seventh grade yeah. so i mean i just i don't have a i i don't have a i mean i've i've recently i mean there's i remember a time when um, I was, you know, skinnier. I was, I was more rarely. No, me um, too. But, but I, I mean, I could still hold my own because I had, I had that that Abraham Lincoln kind of like fucking like like rail like split rail strength. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yep. It was a. Uh, um, and it, it's was a it, it's funny the concert I was talking <laughs> about, Lamb of God Slayer. Um, Nikki and Becky from work were there and I kept like, Hey, you guys are okay. You guys are okay. Oh, we're great. This is fucking awesome. And it's like, yeah, I don't even know why I'm asking anymore. Cause those two are badass, you know, and jump right into a fucking slayer pit. Here I am getting pushed around. It's like, maybe my height is a disadvantage right now. Yeah. You know, I, I was, I, the last show I was at, I, uh, I, I, there was, there, there were a, a couple of girls there. They were, if they were five foot, they were barely five feet and they were five feet in, in, you know, chunk shoes, yeah. uh, with serious heel. And, uh, and, but they had, again, they had fucking wristbands on. So they were 21 and over. I mean, that yep. was the show that I was at. And I, I, you know, it's, it's weird because I was talking about the brotherhood and stuff like that. Like, you know, here I am like on my, like on my right shoulder, again, I'm sort of pit adjacent, and and I'm trying to you know 
keep my wife from getting jostled and stuff like that because she was there and um she's barely five feet yeah um but then i'm also thinking you know look if i get pushed hard i mean i'm pressing you know my wife you know and these two girls like we're making like a like a super interesting like like lunchable kind of build um against this wall over here yep reverse lunchable (laughs) i'm the cracker (laughs) in the center no i know what you're saying though because like i feel like i'm on the defensive the whole time i'm in the pit and i i'm always looking in my periphery for people that are less able to pick themselves back up than me and you know i got a fucked up spine but i have swept people up off that ground like i said at the uh fuck what is the name of that place in philly it's literally just a parking lot in philly um it's just a macadam floor, basically. You're getting stomped into the pavement if you get stomped, you know. I've swept people up off the ground there, and it's like, you kind of feel white knight, but it's kind of like, man, they probably could have done it without me, but, you know, it's just, you got to be the white knight when you're in the pit, figure nobody else is fucking not drunk enough, you know? Right. You know, you, but again, you know, it's it's almost, you know, when you click confirm on that charge, you yep. know, you, you know, they can search you all you want, but I mean, they can't, they can't metal detect you for having a heart or having oh, the yeah. fucking the nerve to yeah. be able to put up with what you're going to see in there. Yeah. Um, I mean, when I, I, I saw, I saw a, like I saw a circle pit um, bigger than any I'd ever seen. And it was for enter Shikari. And they don't even get remotely fucking metal to some of the bands that I had seen. Yeah. I mean, like this shit turned. I mean, it. I, I thought it was gonna drill a hole into the earth the way that this pit started to circle, and it was again, it was just, it was fucking uh, title track off of Take to the Skies. Yeah. You know, like this is not a this is not a hard band. It's not a metal band. These guys played in between uh, of Mice and Men and uh, and Parkway Drive, and they didn't see com- like they didn't see a, a combined circle pit that big yeah. between the two of them. And there's, there's nothing wrong with either one of those bands. No, no. I think the craziest one I ever saw was a kill switch show when, uh, Howard was still in the band and he, uh, he would antagonize the Braveheart fucking wall of death shit in those days. And, uh, I'm like right on the outlier of that. Like, I really don't want to do this. And eventually I fucking jumped in on it and it was fun, but it was scary as shit too. Like Braveheart style running towards a fucking another insurgence of people running straight at you. It was, it had to look neat from the air, you know? Yeah. Have you ever seen any of the, uh, the, cause they do these like compilations of like top 10 sickest pits ever. Have yeah. you ever seen any of these? Oh, yeah. I, I sent Jason one the other day. It was a Gojira show, and they were playing one of their, I don't know, it's it's not, none of their shit is low-key or anything, but it was one of their more mellow songs, and the fucking pit for that, like, it was the most crowd participation I'd ever seen. It's pretty crazy. I just, I, I mean, and it's, it is crazy that I, that, you know, we because the only reason I'm bringing it up is because I, I watched this one that I don't think that there was one decent band really? in the entire top ten. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean it's 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 crazy. I mean, and, and I think six of them, six or seven of them, were either in like Western Europe or specifically in Germany. Wow. Yeah, I, I mean, Germans I, I, are wild, dude. <laughs> they and i tell you they love their onstage like antics like anytime yes, war <laughs> goes over there or anytime like you can get you, you don't want to go to a ramstein show in, in germany uh, in germany no oh, no. no you will you will leave there with a, a shiny, man. shiny coat of <laughs> third degree burn uh yeah. if you're anything but, close to, to, the, to the torches man yeah you're gonna get pyroed you might get eaten on stage. It's hard to say. I fucking love those guys, though. I, I told myself in the 90s yet when uh, the Nightmare album, Seinsucht, or however the fuck you say it, it's like, I'm going to learn German. I'm of German descent. I'm going to learn German so I understand Rammstein in 20 years on. I still don't. But, like, it's it was a nice thought. 
how about how committed to the bit that they are where they're like, yeah, no, we've been famous for like 25 years. We're yeah. still not going to speak a lick of English. Nah, I mean, other, other, other than the, the, the terrible rendition of, of Du Haast in English. Like, oh my God. maybe that's why. Maybe that's why. <laughs> did, you, <laughs> you know? did, you, did you ever hear their cover of uh, Stripped? Like yes. Depeche Mode, yeah, yeah. Like he can speak English, and he put out a solo album and shit, and it's just, it's not good. It's why he doesn't sing in English, obviously. He's like, I'll yeah, I'm, I'm very ESL. I'm not even gonna try. I'm German native. <laughs> I'm gonna be German. Yeah, I, I, you know, and maybe it's maybe it's 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 a little bit of American ignorance in me that it's that that it's like, oh, this is hard and different, neat. You know, yeah. like like it's it's um, I don't know, it, I. I, I, I don't I don't know that there's really a a, a a comparable thing that you can really stack that up against, but um, I, I I mean I maybe maybe a band like Drain Sth where they're not just like they're not just like hot chicks singing like really like sultry seductive songs, but Jesus, they're I forgot they existed. Holy they're shit! They're literally like they're like one of each. So you got a blonde, you got a brunette, you got a redhead, and you got a brown or, and, and you got a black haired girl talking yeah. about how sun burns their skin and shit i mean yeah. that's just <laughs> that's, yeah that was like that was like uh the 90s movie the craft the band yeah. and it was great yeah. um <laughs> have you heard of this band uh they're from new zealand they're called alien weaponry they formed in 2010 at that point they were like 10 years old so right now they're looking at like 18 19 years old um they speak a lot of the, I'm going to butcher this, but Maori uh, language, I guess they're like uh, tribal, aboriginal uh, New Zealand people. They speak some in English and some in this Maori language. And I'm telling you, dude, it's every bit as heavy at times as Gojira. I think they're going to be the metal band to watch in the next 10 years. Because they are fucking kids, and they're putting out some crushing shit. Oh, so what you're saying is, is that like the, because you you said that they came out in like, you said like ten they or eleven. To, they got together in 2010. They started releasing stuff about 2015. New Zealand was actually giving them grants as of when they were 15 or something to put music videos together. So they're still high school age, and they're putting out some shit that's like heavier than a lot of the shit you'd see on a second stage. I think Gojira actually picked them up for their recent tour for uh, support. So I think they're going to take off. I think they should be watched at least because it's given me some real silver chair vibes, man. Because like when Frog Stomp hit the fucking scene, I knew they were going to be big. And it kind of they kind of petered out, unfortunately. But that album was fucking killer. And they were 15 when they wrote that shit. Right. Well, they're, 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 oh, my God, that album to this day, it's like this Daniel Johns is 15 years old and he's yeah. singing shit over my head as a 37 year old man at 15. What the fuck? And he wrote it. It wasn't like sure. people, you know, it wasn't his handlers or something. It was him writing the shit. Talk about an old soul. Yeah, I. I think we were talking about this, like I think the middle of last week or something like that, where, um, you know, there were, there were times that like, like certain songs, like certain albums, like they were framed like for a specific time period, not necessarily the nineties, not necessarily, um, for one reason or another, but I think we specifically we were talking about Anthem for the year 2000, yeah, and and just just how it gave me such like like it gave me like gen like genuine Judas Priest kind of vibes where like you could really if whatever you wanted to motivate somebody for, you could probably find an outcast that can yeah. really embrace whatever they had in mind at that point i mean yeah. and i'm not necessarily talking about like terrible things like i mean it's it's I, it, it doesn't it doesn't need to it doesn't need to be there like yeah. um you know it if if you, you could you could say that hey maybe mark zuckerberg heard that song and and you know he was driven to i don't know um you know, I don't know. I, like, say I can do something better than than MySpace, and then and then he makes the Facebook, and then all of a sudden he gets he gets slapped with a five billion dollar uh, privacy um, lawsuit uh, over the uh, 
You want to talk uh, about being a 90s kid? You said 5 billion, and I did the Dr. Evil thing to my mouth immediately. <laughs> that's fucking... That's either hard-coded or autism at this point. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I, you know, actually, hey, let me just billion. interject this quick. You mentioned uh, Judas Priest. I When I was doing my Woodstock stumbling around, I stumbled on this thing on YouTube. You should really... I mean, our listeners should check out. It's a... Uh, documentary you can find in its entirety like a 32 minute documentary on youtube called heavy metal parking lot it's uh just a snapshot of maryland in a parking lot pre-gaming a judas priest show and it's just a perfect little people want to talk about stranger things being a snapshot of what the 80s were this is the real 80s waiting for a fucking judas priest show and one of my favorite quotes of all time now is in this thing um somebody asks hey if uh if rob halford came up to you right now what would you do and this fucking maryland chick is like i'd probably jump his bones <laughs> and, it's, <laughs> and it's like you know he wasn't open at that point he wasn't out but like to see rob halford in the 80s how did anybody not know but it was it, it was just you gotta check that shit out. It's hilarious. Oh, there's like a 19 year old guy skeezing on a 14 year old girl. Uh, oh, <laughs> it's just like wow, the 80s were not as good as everybody wants to see in their rose tinted glasses. There's always wow. been scummery, you know. <laughs> Dude, what are the odds right now that uh, that uh, that uh, the the jump is bones girl and uh, the 14 year old are now on Real Housewives of the Potomac? That's Probably. a real thing. You don't have to Google that. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I believe you. Um, first, I, first thing I, I want to do real quick because we, 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 I, you know, I, I don't, I don't like to do a lot of horn tooting on on Darwin's family crest, but um, how about how about our track record for actually getting shit right here? Um, you know, we talk about the Face App thing, kind of, uh, kind of, dude. kind of feel kind of feeling fishy and then all of a sudden the shit comes to a head uh, yeah. hey russia has all your images forever now <laughs> Derek called that shit <laughs> and, and and i i don't i don't like i again i i try in my in my endeavors to be as humble as possible that's why i really just hope every day that you guys you know you guys really think that we're doing a good job and that um i mean i know i'm handsome but i hope you guys think jeremy's good looking um <laughs> Uh, oh yes absolutely because he is you got to drink him in in person but i tell you uh, <laughs> oh shit he's, he's, a, he's a healthy oh. drink of water but I, I we we do an okay job here don't we like we do yeah. I mean, it's I, funny it, like and it's usually within the week that shit rolls over it's like yeah we kind of nailed that on the head and uh uh, just kind of like a ancillary to that uh on problematic cast we were talking about jeffrey epstein and shit and then there there was like a uh side bar thing this week that came out that he might be intellectual uh assets for the government and at that point i'm like i don't give a fuck anymore fuck him they should just shoot every child molester in the head on the spot who cares <laughs> i i actually like to know whenever you picked up that piece of information because actually earlier in the week um, he apparently uh, attempted to commit suicide uh, while he was in New York, New York uh, federal prison custody. That's what we're told. Uh, I I can, I, but I you know he's not in he's not in Gen Pop. So yeah. I mean, I, I, my guess is he probably doesn't want to face trial like face any more trial for this. No. So I, I you know we you know we don't get too much into necessary conspiracy theories here, but it, you know. Somebody that is as strong and could be as damaging yeah. as Jeffrey Epstein could be, because we're not just talking about one presidency here. No, like no he, man. He, I mean, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, like I, there's a couple things that I've, I've heard, like just this year, and I'm not fucking a, I, again with my track record, I'm not trying to call shit right now, but at the same time, there's a couple things that I, that I've, it's, I'm finding a hard time refuting. I'm having a hard time refuting that, that, that uh, uh, Jeffrey Epstein is going to spend, or is going to grow old in jail. I don't think that's going to happen. No. And, and I think, and I, I literally, honestly, truly believe that something was organized to kill Nipsey Hussle. I really, truly believe that. Yeah. I believe in my fucking core. 
Um, well, I mean, it's, there, there's I a lot of conspiracies that are true, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, like, people have been saying since the Macaulay Culkin days that Michael was up to no good, and, I mean, there's been a lot of posthumous information that came out that it's like, hey, uh, yeah, he probably was the creepazoid we thought he was, you know? Yeah. I mean... By the way, rest in peace, John Hurt. Uh, oh, fuck, yeah. Do you know, like, the chestburster scene comes to mind, but do you remember in the 90s there was a... They, like, tried to re-up The Muppet Show or something, and he did, like, a storyteller thing on that, and it was badass. Yeah. yeah. It, he was a very calming, uh, like, ge- like genuinely... Like, he was... His voice, his voice was just a cup of hot cocoa for my years. Yeah, I like him. And it's a shame. Yeah, it's 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 terrible. Um, you know, and it's 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 odd because. Uh, well, we, we lost Rutger Hauer this week too. Yeah. And you realize yeah. Blade Runner was set in 2019, so he uh, fucking died in the year that he died in the movie. Does how's that? True. I'm telling you, if your neck hair doesn't stand on end, that's eerie, um, dude. <laughs> you don't have any neck hair because it's that's that should bother that should bother us to our core. Um, I, I mean, could you imagine in 1982 filming a movie set in 2019 that that would be the year of your death? Like, that's fucking crazy to me. Like, it's like the whole. God, I'm going to butcher this, but do you, the, the Kennedy and Lincoln uh, secretary bullshit conspiracy, yeah. you ever heard that one? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I would have to look it up. I'll, I'll do that for the next one. But, like, one of their secretaries was the other one's name and vice versa. It's like they're uh, complete polar opposites of each other. It's crazy. Yeah. Good, good I, story, Jeremy. Good story. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's 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 interesting because we were going to put an advertisement in there, but I mean, this that landed so much harder. Um, what <laughs> uh, one thing I do want to bring up, though, uh, because we were talking, uh, we also were talking about, um, you know, about not specifically like looking back, but like about a certain time or a certain time period. Um, I, I saw something the other day that I, it, it made like I, I could, I had to turn my music up because my eyes rolled so hard. Um, I, I, I was, I was, uh, I was shopping. I was, I was in a store. I was shopping um, for bananas because um, I'm, I'm getting older. I'm getting, um, uh, more naturally occurring health problems, including high blood pressure. So yeah. I, I, I read, I, I read, and again, not making any money off of this show isn't helping. So please, uh, please like and subscribe uh, and follow us on iTunes. Yeah, I'd uh, like to start a Patreon, but we need to have, we, we need to know that you guys are interested. I've been thinking about, we're going to make a limited run of shirts and stuff and a I mean, give us some ideas. If if you want shirts or something, we could obviously do a run of shirts easier if people want them. You know, I would love to be in in six weeks um, I, because we're we're kind of setting this bench this benchmark mm-hmm. show. Um, we would love to do a a just a absolute blowout Mandela effect kind of show. Maybe even run a little long on it. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. You know, just, that one feels like a double up to me. Yeah, I, and then we I mean, can redact ourselves midstream and shit, and like we can add effects that we literally course correct ourselves. Yeah, just like I had to be told about seven or eight times that it wasn't Liam Neeson in fucking in Red Dragon, uh, that uh, that it was actually Ray Fiennes. Um, shit, I yeah. want to live in that universe. That would have been a good one. Right, I I, I know, but, but then again, I I also I also have. Was Ray you know, Fines also Voldemort, or was that Joe Fines? No, I think that was man. I think that was Joe. I think that was Joseph Fines because I think I think when he stacked the careers up, I think Joseph Fines has probably had a more prolific one. Um, yeah, I would I, agree. Yeah, I, I mean, I, it's like it, it's like a, uh, Joseph Fines is is uh, Rafe's like uh, physique in yeah. Red Dragon and. Rafe is the hair lip part. Which one of those movies is the best? 
Because I, I seriously like Silence of the Lambs was the originator, but Red Dragon, let let's just forget Manhunter exists, which was Red Dragon in the '80s with fucking yep. uh, Brian Cox as Hannibal Lecter and stuff. Red Dragon is just as good as Silence of the Lambs to me. But then you go and watch Hannibal, and that fucking movie is amazing as well. Yeah, and I just rewatched Hannibal uh, this week, I, and this was this wasn't a I didn't set out to do this. This was you know this was in between I guess periods of eating and I, I, eating. Um, <laughs> That's all but, I do. Right. Yeah. I mean, you can only be doing three or four things at once, you know, and uh, you can either you're only you're eating, sleeping, working or spending time with your family. And yet we all end up broke, tired and hungry all the fucking time. So what, what does that say about life? Pretty much. Um, but I, I, I don't want to I don't want to get too. I, I, I want my quick answer is just because of the the period. I, I think I think. Silence of the Lambs was it was ridiculously inappropriate for the time that it was made. Oh yeah. And did wonderful because of the act, the acting, the writing and I just think it was a I I I think it was the it was the movie that if it didn't exist, the others could not possibly function. If it wasn't executed the way that it was, they would never have Absolutely true, yeah. Jodie Foster was put on the fucking map with that. Um, like, good God, that fucking hanging angel breaking out of the prison scene. Just I've yet to see something in cinema that fucked me up as bad as that. The first time when you realize he left with that guy's face, it's like, what the fuck am I watching? You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's, it belongs conceptually if this if that movie was done in the 1500s that would have been art somebody would have painted that mm-hmm. fucking fucking your boy bosch would have oh, would have man. been all over that shit because that reads that reads a, la- a layer of hell um, Bosch is something else man yeah that uh, <laughs> that picture i sent you earlier hieronymus bosch uh, in the garden of earthly delights i just figured out that uh that's actually building size he did that in three panels and they're like building size it's not just like a you see the mona lisa on tv and it's actually like a 12 by 12 square this thing is like building size he's painting hell and stuff on in the 15 fucking hundreds you know yeah and i believe that um it, it that that in its entirety i think it's at a i think it's in a monastery in spain now yeah something like I, that i think i read something like that that it's i mean he's a look he's he's a he's a talented guy i mean like i i had him i had him before i started doing a lot of a lot of digging i had him as a surrealist i looped him in with fucking you dolly. know with, with dolly you know just you dolly know, because, was trippy dude i love some fucking salvador dolly I love Dolly too. I actually found a. Uh, We're uh, art fags now, people. Right, I know. That's right. That's, that's right. Uh, I, I've got a, I've got a wine pairing for this for this uh, uh, for this opinion that I have. Um, if you're interested, but Hell yeah. Um, um, yeah, it's uh, Mergo, fuck yourself, I guess at this point. But, <laughs> um, I, I had this. I I had this great. I I, I wish I wish I could pinpoint uh what month it was but i found this fantastic picture of alice cooper and salvador dolly like next to one another it's a black and white picture and they both look exactly how you think they would i think it was taken in like like 68 or something 68 or 71 somewhere in that area it was it was so like the, the main reason that i that i kept it was because or that i that i I've shared it and I had it on my, I had it on my phone for years and years up until like I, I had to get a new phone like, like two years back. But, um, both of them at different points and like with different looks and haircuts and that kind of thing, they both had a remarkable likeness to my paternal grandfather. Really? And I thought that was so cool. Like I thought, I thought like two of like the most iconic artists, uh, you know, like during that time bear like bore, in some ways a family resemblance. And, um, I sort of, I sort of look like, um, I, I, I don't know. I mean that I ought to be 
either working or eating regularly at a soup ki- a soup kitchen. Yeah. So I mean, but that, <laughs> I mean, we we trade off. Um, oh shit! You know, it's weird. Uh, Darren Malakian from System of a Down reminds yeah. me of Salvador Dali, like aesthetically. I, I think he plays on it sometimes because you'll see him with the pencil, weird mustache and shit. But I wish they would get back together. But I, I wish... feel like that's like reliquated to the annexes of time, like a new Rage Against the Machine album. <laughs> you know, and I sort of think that, I, I, again, we I don't like to keep digging up the past and stuff like that, but... Um, or, or even it's just the recent past, but you and I were talking about how, you know, when we acquire certain things that we fall hard for them and yeah. we see in these relationships with these, with these, these things, whether they're movies, they're bands, um, you know, video games we like to play, um, you know, basically sort of feeling this ineffectual things on paper, um, uh, you know, but we feel like we owe them something. Yeah. Um, like still to like still to maintain a friendship with it because uh, we were talking about Slipknot today and we talked about how whenever you know when we both acquired Slipknot that they were oh, just so God. different and they were and they were so appropriate for what we were going through right. and that kind of thing and and uh, and it's it's the beginnings of a new relationship you know things yep. burn really fucking hot and hard up front you know like 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 you want to you want to you want to fuck Slip you want to fuck Slipknot when you first meet it like. Yep. You're like you're like you know what I'm 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 gonna be that that's gonna be inside me or I'm gonna be inside it something's yep. gonna happen here but we're 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 getting you know we're getting Both metaphorically and literally I'm gonna right. fuck them <sighs> no right. but I I know exactly what you mean because System of a Down it didn't really hit with me with their self titled although I had their self titled when it first came out I don't know yeah, why I first. did not it, at first it, it, it didn't hit. hit toxicity hit and like jesus fucking christ it was like an infection in my bones dude it got into me i was my wife would tell you because we started seeing each other in like oh three and the time between toxicity and uh hypnotized mesmerize and like the b-sides album and stuff i was all system of a down all the fucking time but I now the- i could go months without listening to it and i'm fine yeah except right now i've got i, I think i've I've got science in my head right now, and I, I just I just want to do like my best like like I <laughs> like blues like I don't know why I got, I get these drives you know I I maybe that'll be a maybe that'll be a, a, a hot take at some point but I, I I walk around the house sometimes and I just I I, I really do um like like fifties and sixties like like black blues musician versions of songs that I like. <laughs> I, and, and a lot of times it's like emo stuff, like Hawthorne Heights and Senses Fail and stuff like that. We got to do it at some point. But like now in my head, it's hard for me not to do like a Scott Joplin rendition of science in my head. Like Fuck. just the chorus. Yeah. I know. That's and I hilarious. fight all the time. <laughs> that's um, great. It's, it's not great because that's that's <sighs> my head. You can look see it from afar. That's me. That's the way um, my poison brain works, though, too. What is it about toxicity? Because... A lot of those songs are fucking nonsense. Like, you can tell the songs that Serge wrote and the songs that Darren wrote because there's some serious fucking nonsense in there. And I think that's why Scars on Broadway never really resonated as much with me as System of a Down because you had that dichotomy of Serge and Darren both writing their shit, you know? And... I don't know. Arguably, one of the better double albums of all time would be Hypnotize and Mesmerize. As far as once you start listening to one, you got to listen to the whole fucking two-hour thing. You know. I will. I will say that I think Mesmerize probably that it probably landed harder for me than than than. Uh, and that's the one uh, that dropped first, right? Mesmerize dropped first, and then like six months later, Hypnotize came out. I think. Feel free to. Correct yeah. me if I'm wrong on that, guys, because yeah. I, I I don't know. We're talking 05, I think. So. Yeah, it's I, man, and I, now that I think about it, I mean, I probably this probably needs a little bit more delving because I actually may have, um, I may have some Mandela effect here because I'm trying, <laughs> I'm literally trying to sort out which, uh, because like, it was, 
it was the second of the two albums that I liked better. Um, and that was Hypnotize. Yeah, is the so, way I'm remembering it. So. Well, I mean, and again, please, guys, tune in for that 25th anniversary episode because. Um, Mesmerize had BYOB and uh, yeah. fucking old school Hollywood. I love that song, and it is nonsense, but it is so much fun. <laughs> it's, it is. But like in that in those days, it had been years since I had albums that I wanted to listen to front to back, and something about that those albums, it they just I don't know, they made you listen to the whole thing. You know, they all kind of like played off of each other. I think we became sort of uh, as a as a as a genre that enjoyed um, just certain tendencies in music that we became pretty spoiled by some pretty solid albums that were that were released in a in a in a large like in a pretty tight frame like like frame of reference. Yeah. I mean, and it, it's it's weird because it doesn't all. It, it, I mean, I think you can go probably back, you know, again, you don't have to start at 05. You can go back a little further. And I, I'd, I'd, I'd probably find, you know, you could go back to things like LD50 by Mudvayne. And, oh, my Jesus Christ, dude. Yeah. yeah. We could do a whole episode on that album. I'm going to have to listen to that tonight because fuck. Did you hear there's rumors uh, Ryan started talking to Chad again and they might do a reunion tour? And that's what makes me worried about about like these things where because I, you you had me listen to uh, to Slipknot's newest song like uh, what, what was it what, what was the name of that it's something Solway Sol- Firth Solway Firth yeah um that because we talked about relationships and stuff like that and and I haven't been in a good place with Slipknot for a while but I feel like I've been married to them for a long time so yeah. now Slipknot doesn't want to fuck me and I don't want to fuck Slipknot okay but every once in a while you just want to feel something from from them like like hey maybe maybe they ha- because I, I hate to say it but Corey Taylor's completely butchered the children of 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 our because oh, yeah. I can't I cannot fucking stand anything that he's done on the side yeah I I, I ugh. God, you know, fuck, you know, honestly, fuck. No, he, he definitely drank the pop Kool-Aid, but, um, Boo, I, but like, uh, that, that the new, the new track made me feel something and I haven't felt much for yeah, them. You like, know, recently. I, to, I told you off Mike, but the lyrics to that song really fucking hit me hard. Like he's talking about, do you want the smile that I give everyone or the one that I, uh, try to keep myself from being a failure and shit do you want sure. my real smile i haven't fucking smiled in years and it's like god damn dude sure. you, you you can feel the real 20s uh hateful new band smell on the fucking anger just but then you kind of you kind of accidentally ruined it for me with the Bezos comment because it's like, yeah, I couldn't figure out the the video and they were branding it with a fucking Amazon uh, prime video show that's coming out that I'm not even going to name drop on here because who the fuck cares? But like what? There's too much going on in that video. It was, uh, they were all proud because it was all from download festival they uh, recorded it live, which they could have just left it at that and been yep. amazing because there's some really good cinematic clown did all the cinematography and directing and shit. It's a neat looking video. And then they got these interspersed pictures that I didn't know what the hell was going on. They, it's a fucking show coming out for Amazon. Good job, Bezos. Yeah. Um, we're, we're, approaching time here but there, there's a there's a couple things that we could just do maybe like two minutes on um i i i think i sent i sent you a uh, uh an article um about uh about phil brooks otherwise known as cm punk um he he recently uh, we talk occasionally we like to we like to scratch the surface about um uh, with with wrestling and um in the, in the initial plan we had actually i wanted to kind of get into the attitude era and that kind of thing and i sort of feel like that <clears throat> like punk would oh, we probably could surely do an episode on that later for yeah, sure i think punk probably would have would have fit very well in the attitude era but i mean he was he I, and the the time frame makes sense but uh he admits in this article in the article i it's not something it's not an over the ropes article or anything like that espn did the article because he's got he's he's got his hands in so many different things that um, a lot of the a lot of the the stuff that comes out of his mouth it's getting kind of twisted and turned and misconstrued a bit because 
it's it, it's not it's not directly coming from him. It's it's sort of either it's not third party per se, but it's coming through multiple filters like or it's something it's coming from a guy that he texted or something like that. And largely everything that they're, they're kind of talking about is whether or not he's ever going to wrestle again. And I because I, I, I know you personally would be super vested in him wrestling again. I would start because, watching WWE or whatever the hell at that point. I I, I think WWE yeah. has been trash for a long time, but that's, that's a hot take. I mean, they still got millions upon millions of viewers, so they're doing something right, but it just doesn't resonate with me anymore. But well, that yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with WWE and the relationship sort of sort of like paradigm where um, we've been separated for a long time and. I am late on on the checks every month because I <laughs> yeah. don't I don't care I don't care about it and uh, any of the pub that he's getting anymore is from uh, is is for uh, AEW which is quickly being uh, it, it's the quick the quick note is is that it's it's just called Elite Wrestling at this point is that um, where Cody Rhodes went I think I that's read where that Cody in that Rhodes article is. yeah okay. Dean I think Dean Ambrose is there too um, well then <laughs> they're they're gonna start sniping WWE and that might be the one to watch. Well, there's a, I mean, there's a couple of people there. I mean, and and I, you know, Dean Ambrose was pretty outspoken about leaving the WWE and that kind of thing. And he had the same rhetoric that that Punk did. But you know, I, Punk, uh, you know, he basically said, you know, I'm not. Or I'm sorry, uh, Dean Ambrose basically left because he didn't think he was being used right. He didn't think he was being promoted correctly. He wasn't. And 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 it's 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 fair to say. But I mean, it's a, a you know, that's a sailor's prayer. I mean, like yeah. like how yeah. many people can say that? Yeah. So. Um, but I, I, in the article, in the article with punk, I, I, I really, I was able to connect to connect with him a little bit because I literally felt like, cause punk's about two and a half years older than me. And when I, when I, when I read the article, I, I, I read, I basically read that he, I can identify with this guy based on the decisions that he makes. Like he literally, like he, he, he turns down certain things because, uh, because of either proximity, like he doesn't want to go too far away from where he from where he is or where he wants to be. He doesn't want to be away from his family. He doesn't yeah. want to be away from his dog. He does like like he's he's very he's a very nook kind of character. Yeah. And 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 uh, I and, don't blame him at all. Yeah. And, and makes, furthermore, he doesn't they, fucking need to, you know. <laughs> yeah. They I mean I, I they talked at one point about how he's turned down certain promotional kind of things, and it's because you know when the event's going to be too big. He can't get everybody through the through the uh, through the lines, and he says, "I don't want to just push these people through the lines. I want people to actually have a story to take back to their family, to their friends, to their loved ones that that they were able to have a moment with me that I didn't just sign some shit." And, and Derek, I, I think that's why me. he always. I think that's why he always resonated with me. I could sense that heart in him, and you can say that the pipe bomb speech was a work, which it was. It was a work, but. but he also was saying shit he wanted to say, you know, I mean, he's, he's so much as said, yes, this was definitely work. I mean, this was, but Vince only cut me off at a point where I was going too far. And like, I, I, I don't know. I, I could sense that heart in him as of that speech that it's like, man, this fucking guy does have a fire inside and he's just, he's going to be punk. He's going to be him no matter what. And you know, he's not even punk anymore. Phil Brooks just doesn't give a shit about WWE, but uh, I don't blame him. He doesn't need to. Good for him. Phil Brooks, Phil Brooks, according to this article, he wants to do commentary and train for the CC, the CFFC. That's what he wants to do. He wants to like he wants to talk about fights. He wants to interview fighters. He he would he, he says more than anything. He would love to have a win. He would Bro, love to have he- an enemy. When he ripped out his shoulder or whatever, and he was doing commentary on the WWE bench, he was some of the best commentary I'd heard in fucking years. It was like having Bobby the Brain Heenan back. He was fucking amazing behind that. Like, good for him. I hope that's what he does do, if that's what he wants to do. I'd love to see him win a UFC match, but I don't really see that happening. But, you know. Well, he's he's not he's barely on the roster. I mean, like yeah. I, I, they asked him if, if he actually if they're if they're obligated to get him matches. And he said that I don't know. You'd have to ask Dana uh, yeah. like he, he he doesn't even know to the extent that I mean, they uh, he only knows that he's part of the fucking bit whenever they ask him for piss. And yeah. 
Um, the other thing that resonated with me is that is that you were just saying about how you know it's just punk being punk and and like and I I, I don't get like but it's but it, it's more like Phil Brooks being Phil Brooks. Yeah. I actually think Phil I think Phil Brooks has probably moved on a little bit more than we we expected CM Punk to move on from this yeah. because what I gather is that he is thoroughly he's he is trying to move all of this like external negativity the shit that he can't control he keeps it at arm's length more than i believe that he probably did in the in years past because he seemed super confrontational um you know like he might have a thin skin in the ring yeah and and now he seems like he seems like look i'm either gonna do shit or i'm not going to like when i if, if somebody asks me to do something and i'm into it i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it to the extent of my ability but it's got to be right and it's got to land. It's got to make sense. And, and so he, for him to be able to back it on his own, for him to have that kind of drive anymore. Yeah, and that's well, it's not to paraphrase him, not to paraphrase him or anything. And, uh, I've kind of kept him in my periphery for as long as this, but since the cult interview came out on, uh, whatever Colts fucking podcast is called, I can't remember, but, um, I'm sure you listened to it. It was he basically said, I'm going to go through this once. This is my side of the story. And then I don't need to rehash this a hundred fucking times a day. You know, like this is my side of the story. I'm professionally walking away from WWE on my terms. It's my right as a human being, you know, and good for him. Yeah. Um, We should definitely rap. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I, I think uh, we were gonna we were gonna do a, a a pop quiz here, but I think we're just gonna we're just gonna wrap. We're gonna pay, uh, pay Patrick and uh, the boys from from if not for me, homage for lending us uh, still frame for the opening and closing music. Um, I fucking again, love uh, that song so much, dude. I this isn't lip service. Every fucking time I'm editing, I gotta listen to the song a couple times in a row. I love that song so much. Yeah, and I hope I hope our listeners are looking forward to uh, a, a full album uh, coming hopefully as soon as possible. I but sure shit am. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Until then, uh, keep banging my own way on YouTube and uh, Spotify, iTunes, wherever music is found. Um, and again, uh, I, we apologize for having to push this back a week, but we feel like the pre- the it was a day. It's yeah, all it was good. A day. Apologize. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we were. We were 24 hours late, but I got to tell you, uh, I don't want to be 2,000 and late uh, by using <laughs> something too old. But, uh, yeah, but, yeah, guys, water out that and we'll see you next week, partner. Easy, y'all. Love you guys. Later, dude.